Hello, and welcome back to Battle Plan, a podcast that is focused on spiritual warfare. I'm Steve Hemphill. The website is active-faith.org, and the email is stevehemphill1 at me.com. The last episode, we talked about an electric miracle. Today, we're covering Billy couldn't read the Bible or pray. Now, this story I'm sharing today is literally one of the pivotal moments in my lifetime as I look back on it right now. Uh, I pray it helps and encourages you on your journey as much as it helped me on mine. Lord, let this story and biblical example penetrate our minds, bring an epiphany of epic proportions that leads us to use this information to help the folks, each of us, knows who are steeped in sin, caught in Satan's trap, and deceived by fear and hopelessness. Let this message enhance their marriages and their family life. Let this lead to life instead of death, and let hope fill their hearts instead of depression and discouragement. In Jesus' name. All Christians love and yearn for peace, but the Bible teaches we're in a war, a war of epic proportions. The Bible teaches us that our true enemies are unseen. Ephesians 6, 12, CEB says we aren't fighting against human enemies, but against rulers, authorities, forces of cosmic darkness, and spiritual powers of evil in the heavens. The Bible teaches us that we are sheep among the wolves, uh, enemies among the elect, and liars hidden among the followers, just like Judas. Matthew 7, 15, NCV, be careful of false prophets. They come to you looking gentle like sheep, but they are really dangerous like wolves. Matthew 10, verse 16 says, uh, look, I'm sending you out as sheep among the wolves, so be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. In light of this, I felt called to expand my study on spiritual warfare and develop a series on spiritual warfare that ultimately became Demons versus Prayer. The extended version of this series uh, now has over 1,200 slides. The short version has a little over half that many and takes about six hours to present, not counting any question and answer time. The first place I ever gave this seminar was in a very conservative church in Arkansas, and I don't mind telling you that I was as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs, but it went great. Uh, I usually present these lessons in a four-day series uh, to be used as an outreach. Uh, it's amazing how many people come to hear a series like this that you won't see come for anything else, but I usually do a Sunday morning Bible class in worship and then four evenings in a row. Sunday through Wednesday. One of the topics I cover in the third session on Sunday evening is a list of all the demons I've found named in the Bible so far. There are currently about 25 demons on this list, and also included in the slides are the territories that the Bible says each of these demons are assigned to. Uh, these are listed in alphabetical order by the demon's name, by then their territorial region, and then scripture reference. The list starts with Adramalek and Amon and ends with Tartak. Uh, and I, when I say there's 25 on the list, that's 25 besides Satan. I don't have Satan or Lucifer on that list. The Bible verses um, where these names come from are um, uh, Jeremiah. Uh, they're from 2 Kings. Acts, Amos, and Daniel. 
every demon, according to scripture, has an assigned territory. And that was a surprise to me. Sometimes it's a city, sometimes a region, sometimes a nation, but none of those listed in the Bible are unassigned. Uh, Satan, as the head demon, is even confirmed as the, quote, God of this world. Uh, this comes from 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. It says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. By the way, this, this gives us a strategy, this verse does. Um, pray for Satan's blinders to be taken off the minds of those who are steeped in deception. Lord, deliver me from Satan, the temporary God of this world. Help me to overcome the blindness that has infected most people today. Help me to see and know the light of the good news and give me courage and boldness to tell others about it in Jesus' name. So this is the backdrop for the bigger picture from Scripture about spiritual warfare. And this list is what Billy saw that Sunday night, and he says it changed his life. Remember, this was the first church I'd ever given this seminar to. Now, I've now spoken and given this seminar in over 300 cities and 25 states and three countries so far, so I was still putting this together at the time, trying to decide how long each segment would take and working on the best order for the slides, and, and then I get this voicemail from Billy on Monday morning. It said, Steve, I think God sent you here to save my life, my soul, and my marriage. My wife recently kicked me out of the bedroom because she found out I had a credit card she didn't know about. I was buying porn and hunting stuff we couldn't afford. Uh, I've been sleeping in the guest bedroom for the last few months. My two girls are gone to college, so they don't know about it. But I'm so embarrassed and angry at myself that I've been thinking about suicide. I confess, I didn't think demons were real. I thought they only happened in the first century. But after seeing your list from the Bible last night, I believe you. They, they are real. So last night after church, I showed my wife all my hidden pornography that was in the gun safe behind the shotgun shells, and we burned it together. I really do want to be a godly father and husband, but I think that I've been looking at that stuff so long that now I have a demon that's attached to me somehow because I can't read the Bible and I can't pray. If I start to read the Bible, my eyes get blurry. Now, I can read anything else, but I can't read the Bible. If I begin to pray, I start a sentence, and then my mind gets confused. Suddenly, I can't remember what the end of the sentence was, and I can't pray. I can't complete a sentence. Would you please meet me at the church and pray for me? Now, please understand, my church background loves Scripture, but I always seem to overlook verses about the Holy Spirit or about demons. Sort of like an ostrich who sticks his head in the sand and says, if I just ignore this, it'll go away. If I just ignore this, this, this will go away. So I'm sort of the last person you should hear any miracle stories from, and yet here I am. Now, I had heard of people casting out demons in our modern world, and I knew it was called deliverance, but I had zero experience. But Billy had asked for prayer, so I was compelled to go give it a go. I drove to the church to meet Billy and the preacher. We huddled up in the preacher's office to pray. I put my hand on Billy's shoulder as the minister put his hand on the other shoulder. You know, I later realized that's prayer plus touch, and that's a specific weapon. We'll talk about uh, spiritual weapons later. I think I'm up to 53 or 54. Um, but in this case, I just did that instinctively. I put, we put our hands on his shoulders. And please understand, you know, I talk to God like I'm talking to you. And so this is how I prayed. Lord, 
we really don't know how this works. But Billy thinks that since he's been involved with this porn for so long, that somehow he has demons attached to him because he can't read the Bible or pray. So if that is the case, we command in Jesus' name and by his blood that they be bound and gagged and put in chains in the pit until judgment so they can never bother Billy or anyone else ever again. And we also plead that the blood of Jesus cover him and prevent any similar demons to come take their place of the previous ones so Billy can be truly free in Jesus' name. Now, let me put a pause on this story for just a minute and give you a side story. I told the story just like that in front of some missionaries from Africa one time, and they came up to me when it was over with a question. What made you think to bind and gag, put them in chains in the pit, and command that no other demons that were similar could take the place of these that you'd sent away? I said, I don't really know. A bunch of verses were just popping into my head as I was quickly thinking through what needed to happen to help Billy. First of all, I, I don't feel like I need the demon's name. I have the name of Jesus. It's more powerful than any other name. So that's the only name I need. Secondly, I know many call this deliverance. And although I'd never witnessed it, I'd heard of cases where the possessed people would scream or spit or throw up or something. So I decided I would gag it and say, you know, you're not allowed to speak. This is going to be a quiet procedure. You just sit there and listen. Thirdly, I knew that demons could return to a person. You know, Mark 9, 25, Jesus saw the people came running together. He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. I also knew that demons could return with more demons. Matthew 12, 45, Amplified says, um, then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and make their home there. And the last condition of the man becomes worse than the first. So also shall it be with this wicked generation. Also, I didn't want to run Billy's demons over to a neighbor's house, right? I mean, uh, Jude 6 mentions that at least some demons or fallen angels are in chains somewhere now awaiting judgment. Uh, verse 6 says, and I remind you of the angels who did not stay within the limits of authority God gave them, but left the place where they belonged. God has kept them securely chained in prisons of darkness, waiting for the great day of judgment. Jude 6. Even though I didn't know where that was, the idea of having demons in chains until judgment seemed like a good idea. So I commanded in Jesus' name that Billy's demons be put there. Uh, last, I just feel like if Satan has one demon focused on promoting porn, he probably has a whole bunch of them. I also know of multiple cases where people who've repented of an addiction like that and, and were doing better, then a few weeks later, they're right back in the same bad spot, doing the same bad things, making the same bad choices. Maybe it's because Satan just laughed about we, the fact that we cast one demon out and he just sent a replacement just like the first one. So the last thing I commanded was that no other similar demons would be allowed to bother Billy either. I hope that makes sense. I'm trying to think strategically and help others do the same thing. After my long explanation of these missionaries from Africa, I looked them in the face and they were like deer in the headlights, sort of mesmerized by my thoughts and ideas in, in this area. And then one of them finally spoke up. Those are good ideas, he said. I wish we'd been doing that. We've been casting out demons in Africa for years, but we hadn't put them in chains in a pit. We think they all came to America. Well, maybe so. Now back to Billy. After praying that prayer, I said, okay, Billy, how do you feel? He said, I feel great. I want 
three sets of stakes. I said, how many houses do you have? He said, one, but castles used to have a moat and a wall and spikes on the wall and guards with bows and arrows. That, that's five levels of defense. I want at least three. Oh, I, I said, okay, I can understand that. And you put it like that. He lived in a house on 10 acres. So he put one set on the corners of the 10 acres, one set on the corners of his house. And just like the Jewish mezuzah, he put one on the door frame of his four outside doors. Two hours later, he texted me. It worked. I can now read the Bible and my eyes don't get blurry and I can pray and remember what I was going to say. That night at the, at the seminar, his wife came to me and hugged me and said, you saved our marriage. I said, no, God did it. But it was fun being part of that. I recently talked to Billy and he's willing to come on this podcast sometimes and share his thoughts during this bizarre series of events. So we're planning that for a, a future episode sometime. So in light of today's thoughts, let me suggest that part of your personal battle plan might be to bind and gag the unwelcome, unseen enemies attaching themselves to you or your friends and loved ones, and by the power of the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus, to put them in chains in the pit until judgment, and then add to that that no other similar demons be allowed to take their places. Then watch what God does. Expect a miracle. Let the literal power of the word of God change things for you and your loved ones forever. You can go to active-faith.org and uh, make a contribution that's tax deductible to this ministry if you'd like to. Thanks for your help to keep us going. Uh, see you next time on Battle Plan. We're going to talk about five earths in scripture. And let me remind you, keep praying because prayer works. God loves you and I love you. Have a great day.